Hi guys, welcome back. It's Jacqueline. And Alana. And here's another episode of Black and Yellow. It's summertime still. It is. Nice and hot outside. Hot, hot, hot. Show some skin. (laughs) Or don't. Everyone's a little more naked. Everyone's a little more naked. Everyone's Except skin the is old glistening. Asian moms that are like the sun. That is true. Yes, <laughs> umbrella. I get that. Sleeves, Pfizer. neck is covered up. Not a, not black girls. We are out here. Skin is shining like Beyonce. That's great. You know, good for you guys. It's summertime. Why it not? is vitamin D. One color that I think is being worn a lot during the summer mm. is the color pink. Oh, pinky, pink, pink. I'm seeing a lot more pink now that I did in the winter, that I did in the fall. Mm-hmm. And blooming. Yeah, it makes me happy. Yeah, I agree. I think it's such a nice color to, to see everywhere, really. Totally. However. However. Not everyone, everyone likes pink. <laughs> no. So we found out. Mm-hmm. Well, I found out that on air... Through our episode, so if you guys haven't heard our Cool Girl Myth episode, part one and part two, you should check it out. Not necessarily to before you listen to this episode. However, this topic birth, was birthed mm-hmm. from those two episodes because as we were talking about the Cool Girl Myth, I realized that I didn't like the color pink. Which is crazy. because part of me still doesn't. Oh, that's nuts because I... Really enjoy the color pink. I grew up in a very assaultively pink room from the ages of 13 on. And I grew up with boys and was like, I need to be as boyish as possible. Mm -hmm. I can't wear pink. I can't do pigtails. Like, all of that just girly thing. I Am just I sensing of... some like low key femme phobia coming on, right? Of oh and my how, God. how does that even how did I even? become this way we're gonna talk about it let's talk about it because it's actually a lot more in depth as far as psychology yeah because if we are sort of primed by Mm -hmm, birth mm -hmm. conditioned by that color conditions us gender wise yeah and as a as a kid i i obviously didn't know i just wanted to be cool (laughs) right of course so this episode's all about problematic pink why is the color pink so problematic why do people viscerally hate it? It makes a lot of money. It makes a ton of money. In it, the marketing world. It's the it color for the millennial generation. Yeah, well, for millennial beauty products, pink. toys. You, like, they're, it, I mean, they're, it covers a whole spectrum and categories of everything uh, in this world. Let's get into it, shall we? <laughs> okay. So, ah, the color pink. Ah, the color pink. You can make it by mixing red and white. It is a com. It's a in English. The word pink could be derived from the Dutch flower pinken, which dates back to 1681. Mm. Colormatters.com calls pink a quote hue that can be described as a tint. It can be pastel. It can be hot. It can be blue based. It can be orange based. It can, Warm. Yeah. Cool. It can be the color of watermelon or salmon or sunsets or flamingos or Pepto Bismol. Rose. Absolutely. And I think depending on what your age and culture is, could also maybe delineate how you relate to the color pink, mm-hmm. such as like Pink Floyd, maybe. Mm-hmm. Elvis Presley's Pink Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Pink Cadillac by Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. Pink the singer pink. I was going to say, like, that was first, that's the first thing that pops in my mind is the singer pink and breast cancer. Yeah, the pink ribbon. Absolutely. Yeah. And Susan also, G. Komen. if you think about the sound of the word, it's got two plosives in it. You have a P in mm. the front and you have a K in the end. And yeah. something about it just makes you feel kind of pink mm-hmm. you just want to kind of want to pop and absolutely feel whatever we'll get into that later but. or i want to pop a pink pussy hat on my head there and go, go to the women's march there you go or chew bubble gum yeah or think about j-lo's pink engagement ring when she was <laughs> engaged to ben affleck that was a big deal yep or it makes me think of barbie yeah totally Yo, barbie's like, car absolutely or a pink slip like if your ass got fired from work yeah i don't know if that's <laughs> It still happens anymore. It Yo seems ass. pretty old school. But like, it's, yeah. Ooh, it, ah, the pink slip. I remember seeing them growing yeah, up. Yeah, like, Oh my God, that teacher got the pink slip. And how can we forget Victoria's Secret's pink? The brand pink. Wow. Yeah. My pink mind is blown right now. I'm sitting everywhere. here being like, it's everywhere. Pink Floyd. 
the pink panther Panther. i'm just saying like pink is everywhere people love it and people hate it it makes money it's marketed to women but also is a source of a lot of i think there's a pink tax the pink tax which actually when i was doing research for this episode i was like ooh, that could be a good next episode yeah yeah. we should talk about that yeah we'll touch on the pink tax a little bit later on in the episode but pink is pretty symbolic but it seems to ruffle a lot of feathers Mm -hmm. so i think on a base level pink is pretty symbolic of what it means to be female as well as symbolizing that our femaleness is the most important thing about women so it's like a color that perfectly encapsulates how to properly perform the female gender apparently (laughs) (laughs) which is if you think about it it's isn't it crazy how you can one color can mean so many different things? So many different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, there's no in prep for this episode. I tried to figure out where the pink is for girls, blue is for boys uh, thing came from. Yeah, and history can't really decide. Yeah, there was a lot of post. Well, let's get into the history of it, shall sure. we? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Segment. I, we're going to kind of be all over the place with this. but Because there's a lot. Like, yeah, history is not sure. We don't know who we're going to credit for this. Right. And there's a lot, there's a lot of um, art history that people yep. look to for to sure. see in the 18th century, what they were wearing. If you, like, cross globally, you know, mm-hmm. people in France and artists in France. And then you take before World War II and then after World War II. It's very different. So So we're just going to jump right into the history. Yeah. (laughs) So according to Color Matters, for centuries, all European children were dressed in blue because the color was associated with the Virgin Mary. The use of pink and blue emerged at the turn of the century, the rule being pink for boys, blue for girls. Yeah, because supposedly pink is actually, uh, blue is actually a little bit more dainty. Right. And soft. Right. And because pink is actually derived from the color red. Absolutely. That it should actually be more suitable for boys. Yeah, it's a more aggressive color. Yes. For sure. One could argue that contemporary color symbolism confirms what Jackie just said. Blue is considered calm and passive, hence feminine. Red for boys, or red derived from red is pink derived from (laughs) red, is considered attractive, hence masculine. Mm -hmm. However, on the other hand, the idea of associating blue with boys may stem back to ancient times when having a boy was good luck. Blue, the color of the sky where gods and fates lived, held powers to ward off evil, so baby boys were dressed in blue. In Greece, a blue eye is still thought to have powers of warding off evil. The idea of pink for girls might come from the European legend that baby girls were born inside delicate pink roses. Uh, okay, like a vagina. <laughs> I think it's. I think we're talking about actual roses. Yes, I think the symbolism is vagina. But I think also in this this ancient European legends, it's like you just went out to your rose bush and the roses bloomed. There was a baby. Oh, oh my God! The perfect baby and the perfect rose. Another theory states that the sexual origins can be found in ancient China. At a time when certain dyes were quite rare, pink dye was readily available and therefore inexpensive. Since blues were rare and expensive, it was therefore considered to be more worthwhile to dress your son in blue because when he married, the family would receive a dowry. Mm. So again, like history doesn't know who to credit with where all of this started. Yeah. It's it's sort of, I mean, uh, there were a lot of articles talking about how in World War Two, how the Nazis made the Jews oh, the wear right. yellow, yep. and then they the, made gay men wear pink. The pink triangle, yeah. Yeah, and somehow that became... I think that was how we got... I think that was how the... I think that's how homosexuals and pink, like that's how we started to think of right. femmes and right. pink exactly. and gay people. And how it's 
tranquility and yeah. shyness combined with weakness mm-hmm. and all these things that started driving from that era. Right. But before then, in the 17th, 1700s, people used to wear pink all the time. Right. Men used to wear complete pink suits. Absolutely. Robert Redford is known for his really his power pink suit. That's right. Pink power suit. It was a it was normal. Pink power suit. I like Say it. Say right? that ten times. Pink fast. power suit. Pink, pink power, power suit. Pink power suit. Pink power suit. <laughs> We always have one of those. Say those ten times. Yes, it's cool. I, like that. I yeah. want a pink power suit. Yeah, me too. I want it to be a one. I want it to be a pink power jumpsuit. I knew it. I was gonna yeah. say it. I read your mind. Saying. I knew it. You love jumpsuits. But if you think about it, in the twenties, when we saw baby pictures, all the babies were dressed in white, and it was almost hard to delineate a boy baby from a girl yeah. baby because they looked like they were wearing dresses. Well, also too, when you're born, a lot of girls look. I thought my mom said my mom said I looked like a boy. Oh, really? And a lot of boys could look like girls like when you're when you are first born you you have no you're a freaking baby so that's there's interesting, no masculine think... features right away maybe i'm sure there's that's not the exception to all right but sorry cut you off where you gonna i was say? just gonna say little little boys who are just born look like little old men that was actually what i was gonna say <laughs> <That's so cute. laughs> like <laughs> totally random that's so funny totally totally when random. i was younger my mom would take me out my mom so this all started in my so my personal experience with pink okay. was started because of my mom mm-hmm. and she already hated the idea of girl pink boy blue Got she it. was like already like not about it and my mom is already this like not about it kind of attitude in general like mm-hmm. she sort of doesn't like to conform and very unorthodox in all her ways of being that's there's something really empowering about that, oh I'm yeah for sure i mean I think that's one of the reasons why she was able to raise us single-handedly there you go. and be both parents uh big up to moms Sorry, yeah for reals uh so when she used to take me around she refused to put a flower in my hair or make me all girly and a lot of people thought i was a boy got it and um, it probably derives from her mom because her mom sort of kind of raised her and her sisters all very similar. Kind of like just like us, like they were like, there was no personalization. You know what I mean? Back yeah. then, not that you, you couldn't even really afford to do that. Right. Uh, so I guess I, as a young child, sort of was born with that in my mind because I would hear my mom talk about it a lot. Got it. She would say, why... What's why does it have to be pink or why you don't need to be wearing pink because you're a girl? And okay, so mom was was actually really ahead of her, ahead time. Of her time. Totally, yeah. Oh, but yeah. then the weird twisted side is that then I started associating pink as something bad and something to be like, Ugh, which no, I think a lot you. of girls go through, right? Yeah. Which now coming into my like thirties, I'm like realizing that I actually really like pink and that instead of actually having the connotation the negative connotations it's really purely because the color makes me feel good yeah. or nice or you know it's mm-hmm. more personal absolutely so that's sort of my in a in a general nutshell and see i don't know if my mom went out of her way to dress me in pink as a child my mom definitely enforced gender roles like mm. she definitely made it known that you are a little girl and this is ladylike and this is how little girls are to act but i don't know if she ever in it like pink washed my world oh I do you know see. what i mean yeah me wanting to paint my room pink at 13 was all me and it you was pink washed yourself i pink washed myself <laughs> and it wasn't some like soft shade of pink either it was motherfucking pink that's the color <laughs> that's the shade that's the shade <laughs> motherfucking samuel Sher- jackson Sherman pink Williams, motherfucking pink <laughs> Um, but I know once I moved out, that was the first thing that changed. Like my parents hated the color. Ah, of my room. That's so how kind of absolutely them to just be it. like, go ahead, honey, and then have it be that way for like over ten years. But God bless my parents. They're like, you for real, okay. You're we out of my house. You. No more. Yeah. Though sadly, the room, the walls are round red, like a maroon red, because I think that the pink was so pink. They couldn't. They, they, like, couldn't they painted like, go over back. it. <laughs> like, they couldn't go white, so they had to go like maroon red. That's so funny. I'm just, I just, just a thought, just a thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, but yes, I hear what you're saying, and I give a lot of respect to your mom because I think that your mom definitely seems like laid a foundation of pink is femininity is not how you act, but it's the way that you are that makes you a woman. Right. It, it really pulls the power into your my body mm-hmm. and my brain. Totally. Versus 
let me like my brother had Legos and she never bought me. I always thought, why don't I get like girl Legos? How come I don't? No, actually, what it was was they didn't come out with girl Legos yet. I think Got Legos it. only came out with Legos, but somehow it became boy Legos and girl Legos. Got and it. I started realizing why are girl Legos so different than boy girls? Because I was playing with my brother and his boy Legos mm-hmm. for the longest time. So and it was I'll, normal to you. It was normal to me. Got and then it. all of a sudden, okay. my dad bought me these girl Legos and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> like, why does it all like pink and different? And why does it have to be different? Can it just be the same? I remember thinking that really early on. That's super keen on you. Like, I respect that a lot because I definitely bought into princesses and girls like pink and princesses or girl things. Well, I mean, I think on your end, too, you said your mom, you know, emphasized those gender Mm -hmm. roles pretty clear cut. Right. Where I think my mom was sort of not necessarily didn't make it clear cut for me, but she just kind of expressed her own opinions on why they weren't. Why, why, why they weren't justified for her. Okay, okay. And in that, I think I just picked up whatever Great. I could. Okay, yeah. we're going to like bunny ear this because we'll definitely come back to this part yeah. of the conversation <laughs> when we talk about why pink is problematic. But heading back to the history. So according to CNN, in America by the 1890s and early 20th century, manufacturers attempted to sell more children's and infant clothes by color coding them. Some manufacturers branded pink for boys and blue for girls and vice versa. In 1927, there were a lot of regional differences reported between how stores characterized the color. Stores like Best & Co. in Manhattan and Marshall Field in Chicago branded pink as a boy's color. Others like Macy's in Manhattan and Wanabakers in Philadelphia identified pink as a girl's color. So it really wasn't unanimous in marketing. Like, people couldn't quite figure it out. Mm -hmm. People started to think by the 1920s, because of the manufacturer's attempt that there was a distinction between pink and blue for boys and girls. And so there was an acquisition of two 18th century paintings by American millionaire Henry Huntington that started to turn the tide of pink being a girl's color. The blue boy is what the painting's name was, and it it depicted a blue boy dressed, it depicted a boy dressed in blue, and Pinky portrayed a girl dressed in pink attire. Huntington's purchase was widely publicized in the American press. People started thinking that for hundreds of years, blue had been for boys and pink had been for girls. But this wasn't true. Mm. Also, baby boomers really picked up on the notion of blue is for boys and pink is for girls. The whole saying that blue is for boys came about in the 40s. Mm. So baby boomers took that and ran with it and essentially did the blue is for boys, pink is for girls, color coded dressing thing all the way up until the 50s. And it kind of tapered off by the 60s and 70s with the the women's liberation movement and overall uh, mind expansion on what gender is and how you can, I guess, dress it. Right. But the blue is for boys, pink is for girls thing came back in the 80s. Mm. It made its resurgence. And I see. It's still alive and well today. Well, it's also interesting because like we had mentioned before, it seems like just the history of it is kind of flippity floppity, Mm -hmm. you know, blue are for girls, uh, blue should be for girls, pink should actually be for men, and then, you know, kind of back and forth, and you think about the marketing and the toys. Uh, However, in the 1980s, it was a lot of experimentation done on prison cells being painted oh i did not know that yeah so what they found was uh the scientist alexander schauss i'm sure it's some sort of german last name conducted experience with the color pink so they had inmates stare at a pink wall and i guess somehow they would like hold their arms up and when the inmates were staring at the pink like square, mm-hmm. they could e- more easily bring their arms down into some sort of more of submissive position, oh. more so than they were staring at a blue. blue. However, again, this back and forth thing, uh, 30 years later, they 
I think a couple years later, Alexander went back and actually performed the experiment again in the actual prison cell versus just looking at like a pink block. Mm -hmm. And he found that it actually didn't work and that that the the color pink could actually possibly make the inmates even more aggressive. Right. And I think it could have what they they were saying in the article is that it was because of the shade of pink. What shade was it before? I think it was a much brighter, uh, bolder pink, uh, okay. almost like the one behind you right now. Like Similar a fuchsia, yeah, like almost. a fuchsia, I want to say. However, in 2011, just I guess only like couple, seven years ago, yeah, eight years ago, mm-hmm. uh, a Swiss psychologist, Daniela Spaeth, um, applied a different hue, a different tone called a cool down pink. Uh, and she applied it to 10 prisons in a four-year study all across Switzerland. And it actually, most inmates felt less aggressive and could relax more quickly in the cells. Cool down pink sounds like the the cool shade of pink that the cool girls would wear. <laughs> I'm a cool girl and I wear a cool down pink. It almost feels like in Greece, <laughs> you know, the pink jackets, yeah. you know, like they're the cool down pink girls. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, it sounds super cool. <laughs> but it's fascinating to think how possibly just the different colors and that thinking that it's associated with sort of this submissive frivolity mm-hmm. kind of passive feeling but then actually you run the experiment they he ran the experiment again and actually felt that inmates might be more aggressive mm. but then a different shade actually well, I don't know see like it's just it's so fascinating the back and forth about this color. And see, I wonder if part of that experiment was not just the color, but also like the association of the color and these male prisoners, I'm assuming, yeah. looking at it. Yeah. Because if if we have conditioned our genders to think that pink is for girls, I could see why a bunch of masculine Boys. men yeah. staring at the color pink could get enraged. Totally. In a way, it's almost like, I'm not sure how long they were staring at this wall for, but I would think if you're doing it for a couple of hours at a certain point in time this wall would maybe start to make you feel emasculated mm-hmm. you know which what is I mean? again so fascinating yeah. because i've seen little boys be like ew i don't want a pink spoon right give me a blue spoon and you're like it's a spoon yeah the function for a spoon is for you to feed yourself absolutely and it becomes about the color but also vice versa i've definitely seen little girls a young cousin of mine specifically ew that's a boys whatever i don't want to play on that uh set of monkey bars they're blue they're boys monkey bars and it's like but this is just so fucking nuts yeah, like isn't it yeah we've really been able to we've been able to to, to pink wash our little girls because it's not necessarily the same for little boys. oh and, and like pink ex- and like exclude the boys because what if there are men or boys out there who do like the color pink and are enjoying it and they might seem like well if i do like the color pink am i gay right right like all of this stuff that also just comes up because you like one color right exactly and prep for this episode i watched a lot of nickelodeon cartoon network and disney channel last night mm. because i wanted to see how we advertise that color to little girls and little boys like is there a a check to the pink wash of little girls commercials because little girls commercials are all pink and all sparkly yeah and And you are inundated with pink all different shades of pink but it's not the same for boys commercials no it's not it's not as though you know girls commercials are all pink and boys commercials are all blue boys get the rainbow they get red they get blue they get white they get black they get orange orange. red green brown i mean boys really get the gamut when it comes to the rainbow but it is almost as though we force this color on our little girls to enforce a really rigid gender stereotype yeah yeah that's so twisted yeah for sure and then you look at beauty products girl Oh Don't even get me started. Oh my god. Don't even get And how they name beauty start. products. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's like really sexualized. Right. Well, think about princesses. They're all clad in pink, right? right. And I mean, essentially, princess storylines, regardless of what princess we're talking about, obviously there are some exceptions. We're gonna pull Mulan, my girl, out of it. We're gonna pull <laughs> Pocahontas out of this too. Maybe even Princess Jasmine. But the Essentially, for most princesses, they need a man to come and save them. Yeah, 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 yeah. While clad in these beautiful, frilly pink dresses. Yeah. So you're enforcing this idea that 
young women cannot be their own saviors and that women cannot take care of themselves. Right. We need a man to do so. Also, too, like, I'm sure there's men out there that want to be saved. Nope. Yes. You can flip around easily. Absolutely. You know? And so it creates this sort of foundation for a lot of issues with femininity Mm -hmm. on both sides on spectrum. Because just because you're female, you have shades of being masculine because you are a human. Right. And just like being a man, you have shades of femininity because you are a person. Absolutely. And that is absolutely normal and okay. But this idea of blue and pink sort of is, is like you said, the, the rigidness around it is a little too extreme in our society and the brainwashing behind it with everything. But again, it's not rigid for boys. It's only really rigid for, for girls. girls. Right. If you look at girls' toys, there's a handful of toys that are purple. Right. A handful. But most of them are pink. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My guess is if you talk to uh, grade school teachers, maybe kindergarten teachers, and you ask them, if they ask their kids, you know, what's your favorite color? I bet you would hear almost all the girls exclusively say pink. Yeah. Save for maybe one or two that might say purple. Yeah. But with boys, I don't know. Is it blue? Is it green? Mm -hmm. Because again, they've got the whole gamut open to them. Right, 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 right. But pink isn't just a color. It's also seeped into our colloquial speech. Did you know that pink could be a verb? Like, oh my gosh, I just pinked. Uh, to <laughs> um, to pink. So I guess, yeah. Oh my gosh, I just pinked could work because to pink means to prick or cut around the edges, as with pinking shears. Oh, like I'm gonna pink. I'm just gonna. Like I'm gonna pink this construction paper to make flowers. Oh. Like that, like that's how you would use it. I guess pinking shears are a type of scissor or a type of shear. Interesting. Yeah, I had no idea either. But I've heard of the phrase, you know, tickled pink. Yeah. When you're like in a state of euphoria and happiness or if you're in the pink, means you have good fortune and good health. Wow. If you're a pinko, (gasps) means you're an extreme liberal, socialist, or a communist. Just saying, like pink is not just a color. It is now, um, it's it's part of our everyday speech. I'm... (laughs) apparently the things you know everyday speech in a certain part of certain countries slash states that we've never heard before i mean i've heard of tickled pink i think my mom uses tickled pink or tickled yeah yeah yeah. yeah, i I don't think that's a black thing i think that's just like an older yeah i feel like definitely much older uh terms Mm -hmm. but the fact that it's in our language as a that's interesting like yeah yeah, I, I mean, I guess you could have that with certain other colors, too. Anyways. Like you're feeling blue or you're green with envy. Yeah. Again. Mellow yellow. Again. All these colors. Yeah. White out. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, like, why Why does feeling blue have to be, like, blue, blue, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Like- I, I mean, it's something we could look into. I'm not quite sure why... Why that color is associated with feeling down. Yeah. But, I mean, as we've said, blue is a calming color. So I guess low energy. Maybe. You know, a little depressive. But see, green then throws me, too. Because I, I, to me, I think of green, I think of money. Mm. I don't think of being green. With, but I also, too, I feel like though. a lot of Disney slash cartoons, a lot of influence. When I think of green, like witchy. You know, there's like a witchiness about it. I see what you're saying. And a lot of, you know, musicals and shit, like... Uh, like wicked yeah i also think of um sleeping beauty like the whole witch thing and i know like a lot of like background green like smoke the visuals in my head the colors are that got it when i think of envy or evil interesting interesting right yeah interesting how we associate colors with what wasn't she purple she was but like freaky she was scary as a child well definitely you know and she was a she was purple and black and huge ginormous she was the amazon of the sea for real yeah oh <laughs> okay we're getting off topic oh yeah we did we're refocusing and now we're talking we're gonna get to the meat why is pink so problematic that's the co- that's the question we're here to answer today i have a couple thoughts you have a couple thoughts i do who wants to go first or should we go back and forth ping pong pink 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 the ping pong okay perfect i'll start <laughs> so in trying to figure this answer out I was reminded of the Smurfette principle. Uh I had heard about the Smurfette principle before in college from a feminist TV film major. And it 
sort of came back to me as I was doing research for this episode. So do you know what the Smurfette principle is? Mm-mm. Okay. So the Smurfette principle, it was coined by Katha Pollitt in 1991 for the New York Times. And it's the tendency for works of fiction to have exactly one female character amongst an ensemble of male characters. Mm. In spite of the fact that roughly half of the human race is female. And as you can guess, the Smurfette principle is named after Smurfette from the show The Smurfs. Oh, so, yeah, because I was just thinking about the show. Well, yes, that's that's where it's, it comes from. But Pollitt essentially coined this term because she was frustrated that there weren't enough female characters on TV for her young daughter to watch. Mm. And so Smurfette, the, Smurfette was not an original Smurf. When the show started, the Smurfs were all men. And they were living in yeah. their little all-male forest world. Yeah, all-male forest. And because they were all-male, they weren't known by gender, but they were known by personality types. Yes. So you had lazy, grouchy, baby, brainy, papa. But when Smurfette came on the scene, and I believe the way that she came on the scene was a wizard wanted to essentially interrupt the harmony of Smurf land. That's not where, that's not the city that they were living okay. in, but like. It, it's a lot of Smurfs on a land. Yeah. Well, the wizard wanted to interrupt the harmony. And so he concocted, he sent over an evil woman to disrupt all this positive energy. Papa Smurf did some sort of spell and made Smurfette. Come to life. Smurfette, the Smurfette that we know. Because at right. first it wasn't blonde hair, high heel wearing female Smurf. Ah. He turned her into Smurfette, ah. who's got the long eyelashes and the blonde hair and right. the high heels. Yeah. But because Smurfette was the only woman in a sea of males, she was essentially only known by her gender first. Mm. And everything else was secondary. Mm. Which is not the same for all the Smurfs who essentially were known by their personality. And I think pulling it out of the TV film world, which we see the Smurfette principle happen in modern day television mm-hmm. as well. Hello, Big Bang Theory. I'm mm-hmm. talking about you. Um, or the original uh, Star Wars. Princess mm-hmm. Leia was the yeah. only female. Lead female. I think pulling the Smurfette principle out of TV and film and into the real world, because little boys have such a plethora of options. I mean, think about the little boys' toys that are marketed growing up. Yep. Essentially, those toys are asking little boys, what what kind of boy are you? Are you adventurous? Yeah. yeah. You, you can be anything you want. Right. Exactly. Right. But with little girls, we inundate them with pink. Bombard. We, we tell them first and foremost, you are a girl first. Yep perform your gender properly by a, you know taking on a big old hearty ho- helping of pink do that first and then everything else comes second mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i guess i'm saying pink was pink is problematic because we don't paint boys into this monochromatic pink corner or any color corner that we paint yeah. girls into yeah we don't necessarily give men rigid gender stereotypes from the onset of childhood the way that we give them to little girls well I, I I would slightly disagree with that okay. because I think there are many men who have fathers who are like, boys don't cry, you toughen up, you do this stuff at an early age, so much so that if they are any kind of emotional when they are young, they tend to hide it. They learn to... I'm uh, talking about purely away. marketing. I'm talking about marketing, right? boys and girls toys, marketing, like how that color is used. Right. I still think on that end, for women, it's a lot more extreme and obvious that we have this bombardment. Do you know what I mean? But see, I don't think, I think, yes, I agree with you, but I don't think that people realize that we're as bombarded with it as we are. Right. And that the... Subconsciously. Right. On a deep psychological level. Right. Because I think there's this idea that, oh, you know, she'll grow out of that pink phase soon enough. And it's like, well, yeah, the girl may or may not grow out of loving Mm -hmm. pink, but the damage has already been done. Yeah. Well, my issue with pink is what it represents. Okay. Because it represents this idea of being the perfect woman, of being soft and tender mm-hmm. and mother, like motherhood. And on the flip side, it also comes with a, a lot of passiveness. Yeah. And fragileness. Mm-hmm. And this other sort of two sides to it. 
that are not beneficial mm-hmm. to or conducive to our development as women. Right. You can't be any of those and, and all of those. Oh, for sure. There's Definitely. no way. I think what you're talking about, because we were going to make the same point, effortless perfection. Yes, yes. Thank you. I have that literally written down right Yeah, Yeah. The, it was from a 2003 Duke University uh, study. Right, 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 right. And it essentially describes the phenomenon, a phenomenon where female undergrads internalize the feeling of needed to excel academically while still looking hot. Yeah. And it goes right back to our cool girl myth of I got to drink beer and Mm -hmm. eat a bunch of hamburgers and be able to burp, but I I don't fart and I don't poop and that doesn't exist and I'm still a size two. I've got to keep up with the guys, but I have to look hot while I'm doing it. Right. This whole idea of like how men are like, I don't believe in that, like women don't poop and don't fart. I hate that mm, i do too like i almost so much just want to like fart right there if i could yeah and prove them sure, wrong for sure because <laughs> like, those men that are like i don't like to think of women that do that it's like why then you don't like to think of women as human humans and right. that's a fundamental problem to me with our society is that we allow certain men to think like that and you can get away with it right and teach it to their sons absolutely or and then mothers don't also step in mm-hmm. and say, hey, son, you can't think like this. Whatever woman you're going to be with, whatever woman you're going to attract, whatever woman is going to become your wife and your lady, you can't have this attitude with without and this belief system. Right. And actually, thank you for saying that, because the 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 effortless perfection phenomenon doesn't just stop in school. No, it goes on forever. That goes on into adulthood. And with yourself. Right. Through everything. For sure. That goes into women who decide to maybe or maybe not pursue the career that they went to college for. I'm Mm -hmm. saying maybe or maybe not because ambitious women are not always looked highly upon. Right. In our day and age. Yeah. I hate that. And that drives me crazy. Too strong. That is an episode in and of itself. Too everything. Too much. Drives me nuts. But- they may or may not pursue their chosen careers, but they still have to look hot as as the CEO of the home. Right. Head right. child exactly. care provider. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas men, at least I have, I feel like men are like, whatever, I could just roll out of bed, put on a shirt and some jeans and like roll out. Mm-hmm. Because the pressure to, Michelle Obama talks about this in her new book, the pressure for men in terms of showing up and looking good is vastly different than it is for women. Vastly. And women are internalized that from such a young age. Such Our young mothers age. teach us that from a mm-hmm. young age, mm-hmm. but not always the same thing with guys. Yeah. Some completely. men, some men's fathers do impress upon them the ability to the the need to show up oh, and look yeah. great. I'm sure there's great parenting out there, but there's also this idea that as a woman, you have you have these colors mm-hmm. bestowed upon us, literally this color color coding of pink on us, and it comes with so much more fundamental issues than we even know that shows up in our lives and then we end up somehow also passing it on. Yeah. You know, this I remember in middle school I moved from Arcadia to Orange County and it was sort of a big shock because in Arcadia no one cared too much about how we looked. Mm-hmm. And granted the extremes of also being extremely studious and, you know, there's also that. Right. But that's not the point I'm talking about was I never felt like I had to wear makeup. Mm-hmm. And the minute I went to Orange County oh, yeah. in Laguna Beach I was bombarded with blonde, blue-eyed, beautiful girls that were wearing eyeliner and had acrylics. And I was really confused because I didn't grow up with that. My mom didn't wear makeup. My mom was never – my mom always looked nice, but she never went above and beyond. Right. And I remember sitting in my French class talking to this girl, and I asked her what time she would wake up because we we were talking about how it was difficult to wake up early. And she said, oh, I wake up at 5 in the morning. So I could do my hair and my makeup. And I was shocked. I said, what? Mm -hmm. I'm going to get my sleep. What are you talking about, you crazy lady? Mm -hmm. And it was all to just look a certain way. Yeah. And her mom let her, like, obviously did she, anyways, it just goes to show how young it really starts. Yeah. And how if mothers aren't aware of that within themselves, they're actually passing it on to their daughters. Mm -hmm. And they don't educate their daughters because they don't know that they don't know. And I think it's a question of, I don't know if it's a question of if mothers are aware versus this is how mothers internalize how you're supposed to be a woman. Mother, yes. And so they pass that down to right. 
their kids because I'm right. I've experienced that with my mom where she's again more conservative and her ideas of gender are vastly different than mine mm. so there are certain times where our minds clash mm. like if I wear a dress with sneakers she's like mm, that is not the right shoe for that dress to which I'm like but why I'm running around all day yeah. Why would I wear a heel with a dress? It's not practical for my life. Yeah, but I also want to wear a dress. Right. But in her mind, it's like dress equals heels because that is feminine. Right. Sneakers are boy shoes. Mm. A dress is a piece of girl clothing. Mm -hmm. Why would you blend the two? You know what I mean? Yeah, you're breaking the rules. Right. The rules. I hate rules. (laughs) I hate that saying. You're breaking the fashion rules. Oh, my God. But rules are meant to be broken. Yeah. Totally, I feel you. Sorry, do you want to yell at me more? Really hardcore um, tangent, but actually, it feeds into my next point, which is we teach our young girls be feminine. This is how you're a woman. This is how you perform gender. But then at a certain point in time, that changes, Mm -hmm. and the world becomes femphobic. Yeah, and anything that's too too feminine, any right, is bad. Yeah. We all of a sudden an aversion happens to anything that's too girly. Yeah. And then somehow by being a feminist, you're actually doing a disservice to your sisters because you're not femme enough. Mm -hmm. Like it's really twisted. And we don't tell our young girls when this happens either. No. We say pink, pink, princess, princess. Yeah. Wait, why are you so girly? Don't right. be so girly. Man up. Yeah. Boys don't do that. Yeah. We don't give our girls the heads up. So it's like our girls are shell-shocked. Like, what the fuck? I thought, but okay. No. So now. Right. Okay, I guess I'll do this and be this. My whole life I've been being this way. So now I'm really confused. For sure. And again, like, I don't feel like I feel terrible for young girls that have to go through it. But I, I also feel angry that men don't have to go through it. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no change where it's like well you're a boy and don't be too boyish no there are sayings boys will be boys like we allow men and we we allow boys to act as hyper masculine as they want to yeah and we encourage it but we totally discourage women being too feminine yeah it and it sucks yeah even though our images of perfect wives and perfect mothers are super feminine you see, like it's yeah. we can't win no. as women. Mm-mm. Yeah, and so I guess with all of that being said, learning to find and to love and to nurture what is your version of being a woman, mm-hmm. what is your version of being feminine, because that and the outside world will always be there. Yeah, no matter what, in, in For different. Sure variances of intensity and not depending on what direction the world is moving now but we need to have an episode on the silicon valley by the way just thought about that mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it's tough when it's sort of you have to kind of give up your power you do your power gets taken from you yeah at an early age for sure and you kind of have to like relearn to reel it back in like how to put the freaking fishing pole together and you gotta yeah. you gotta like get the what do you call the line all all tangled up and then you got to figure out how to get the bait like you uh, have to saying. do it yourself yeah for and sure. granted if you have an environment and support of friends and family that helps but you're there struggling with the fishing pole trying to like bring it all back well, right and if you think about it like we we're living in an age where we're talking about no discrimination or no segregation everyone is equal and on the same playing yeah. field but there's still a lot of it when our kids are young we totally segregate them by color right yeah from the start. Yeah. We totally segregate. If, if them. you look up like girl toys image, boy toys image, and you compare the two, just For look sure. at the colors. Yeah. You don't have to read the description or anything, how much the prices are, where what kind of toy even what kind of toys. Mm-hmm. Just look at the colors. Pink is marketed to girls. Solely and wholly Solely. and fully and completely marketed to women. Completely. And I think if there's a, a call to action in all this, let's reverse that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like let's stop using pink as the color that equals femininity this is going to make some men who have very traditional gender roles in their minds super angry and some women for sure completely are in that mindset of internalized misogyny yeah yeah for sure (laughs) definitely um doing some research for this i went on some conservative religious blogs and conservative political blogs 
and they use pink a lot on those blogs because they want specifically the religious ones they want to reinforce that good old-fashioned 1950s mm-hmm. definition Housewife. of feminism ex- or femininity stay at home yep exactly yeah it's proper perfect absolutely yep ppp all of that all prude of that Mm -hmm. p episode i just hate that at a certain point girls really internalize that they should hate pink i did that and it becomes about i will avoid pink at all costs i did that to to be as close to a guy as possible did that right because which totally makes sense yeah but the flip side of it is like, yeah, I mean, you can be as close to a guy as possible, but you're not you're so a guy. Like, you're, you're not a guy. You're not going to have a penis. Totally. A pink penis. For sure. You're going to have a pink vagina. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, you can't get away from pink completely if you're a woman. Yeah. Because that's, uh, you know. Yeah. It's the color of down there. Janelle <laughs> Monet told us that. Yeah. I'm just saying. I love Janelle <laughs> Monet. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think we're all on the same page in the sense that... Having that awareness of what the outside world likes to put on us and tell us what to do and tell us what to eat and tell us what to think. This you go way deep into any kind of conspiracy theory and yeah. you know, chemtrails, mm-hmm. all this stuff. We mm-hmm. can go there easily. But I guess the message throughout all of this is learn to be your own person. Yeah. Learn to think for yourself. For sure. Really learn to fight and believe for what you want and stop feeling like you should give in to these outside uh, ways of telling you how to be and think and do because they don't know any better. Like, in the uh, sense so that, like, like, they don't, like, you don't know what you don't know kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, also, too, it's, it. like, it's, your, it's you. It's you and your brain and your body and your conscience in this planet at this time. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get it again. So you think if that's what it feels like right so you know right i mean i am happy that pink is having a, a moment now yeah like, pink is definitely having a political yeah. moment well, also supposedly kendall jenner painted her entire living room that like shade of pink that was done in one of the experiments and she'd let people know that it was really calming and effective and I mean, I don't, I don't have space in my mind to keep up with the kardashian jenner i don't plan. either like, was, i choose not to give that, that space it was in the article Hmm. Okay, like, great. Okay, wow. She must have reached someone with her pinkness. I guess. I I love that it's it's having a moment and I hope it continues, but I also think that you know, it's easy to look back as a 30-something-year-old woman and be like, "Yeah, go pink. It's awesome." But maybe we should start by not having things like gender reveal parties where we condition unborn babies once we know their gender we essentially condition them on how to perform it properly yeah maybe we should just stop doing that yeah all of it it starts from it starts from even before your the baby is born or birthed or it starts with you realizing like Mm -hmm. if you have a child if you are a person and you like a color and you like something or a toy and it's pink it's just pink it's not meant for you to then become more feminine or more female it's just what it is and if we can start removing that as parents for sure. and as humans of like i'm going to wear this because i like pink and not because i want to be more submissive or just give the rain open up the rainbow to all kids the way that the rainbow is opened up to boys yeah is my thing you I'd know what say, i mean i'd say for mothers who have daughters make an extra effort because you know you're going to be bombarded with a type of marketing and a type of color already from the start that is going to be actually pretty hard to get away from because when you're looking to buy a, to- a toy for your daughter, it'll most likely be pink right. or come in a pink box. Right. And so you already know she's going to be bombarded with this, even without your control, that I think it's best to introduce things or to purposely mm-hmm. put in different colors. Yeah, or, may- or check the balance. If you're going to give them pink toys, maybe don't totally immerse them in princess stories yeah you know what i mean yeah i was really thankful because growing up american girl was a thing mm-hmm. so, so i had the popular. american girl dolls and i had Kristen. all the stories i had addy and i had molly and they had like native american ones yeah. and black ones pretty early on and i remember reading those stories and being far more moved by those stories than they princess were, stories any day they were way more relatable for sure for sure yeah um I feel like there was something else I wanted to touch on before the end of this episode. 
pink. Uh, pink. I think you mentioned problematic. It was the pink, pink tax. tax. That's what it is. <laughs> Jinx. Mine's coming. You owe me a Just- pink soda. <laughs> A pink lemonade. Okay, so Jack and I mentioned very briefly the pink tax earlier in this episode. I just want to tell you a little bit about what it is. So New York City recently produced a report on gender price differences in some consumer goods. The so-called pink tax. It turns (laughs) out women pay more than men for certain goods like clothes and home health products and personal care kits. The study found that women pay as much as 13% more for some categories of products than others. Some economists say this is a good thing. It creates more variety in the market and enables prices to be lower for some things. But others argue those markets are skewed, that advertising and marketing may have manipulated consumers to the point that those markets need to be rebalanced. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. So if a guy wants to buy a razor and a girl wants to buy a razor, I'm going to pay more for the razor. Because it's pink. Because it's because it's pink. Same razor. Isn't that crazy? It's I bought a razor the other day and it's pink. European wax centers. They have a campaign called Axe the Pink Tax going on right now. Wow. So we should just have a show about this. Let's have a show on the pink tax. Yeah, let's make that the next episode while we're like in the mindset yeah. of pink. Yeah, yeah. And then breast cancer awareness too. There you go. There's a lot of money involved in that that mm-hmm. doesn't even really go to breast cancer. <sighs> Tell you. All right. Pink. It's problematic. It's, it's having a moment. It's political. It's real political. Yeah. It's political. It's corrupt mm-hmm. in a certain way. Listen, I just said all my viewers, all our viewers, wear your motherfucking pink, okay? Like, if you love pink, wear it proudly. Pink power suit, y'all. Pink power suit. Motherfucking pink, (laughs) y'all. That is this episode. It is produced by Christian Humes over at Zeit Thank you, Christian, our wonderful producer. We are the Black and Yellow Podcast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, on Spotify. Please feel free to rate, review, and hit that little subscribe button little, while you're little there. Little five stars. Yeah. Just let us know. We'd love to hear what you guys say. It actually means a ton for Alana and I. We've sort of been uh, ground, grassrooting mm-hmm. this in the sense of giving it a lot of our time and our energy without being compensated. compensated and it's because we love it and we're passionate and we want to share this information and share experiences with you so when you do review us it really does touch us deeply sure. and for those of you who have reached out you have no idea how how touched we've deeply been so we just want to say thank you and if you haven't please go ahead and do so we love love, love to hear from to you hear from you if you um, want to find us on instagram yes at black and yellow podcast that's our handle if you want to find us individually i am alana webster at renegade of fun i'm jacqueline chung young on the gram and we hope you like this one enjoy the summer guys yeah have a good one guys we'll see you next week or talk to you next week <laughs> <laughs> bye. bye guys <laughs>